Welcome to the Mom Talk Podcast, where we believe that being an informed mom is key to recognize problems at an early age. As a mom in today's world, facing challenges can be overwhelming, but having the right support can make all the difference. We're proud to provide helpful and trustworthy information to support you on your parenting journey. We do this by interviewing parenting experts from all over the world. Visit us at mom-talk.ca to access our podcast library and stay up to date with our latest content. Follow us on social media for more tips, hacks, and inspiration. Thank you for joining us on this exciting journey of motherhood. Welcome to Mom Talk, the talk show for mom. I'm your host, Enrica Lafave, and I'm with my two co-hosts, Becca U. Lewis and Heather Fox. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. So today we're talking about the three keys to discipline that is attachment safe and developmentally friendly. We're lucky to have with us Deborah McNamara. Deborah is a clinical counselor and author and on faculty at Newfelt Institute. Hi, Deborah. Welcome. It's nice, it's nice to have you with us today. Hello, ladies. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Let's do it. What are the three keys to discipline that is attachment safe and developmentally friendly? We all want to know about this. Right. Okay. So the the focus is how to preserve your relationship and not thwart development. We still want to keep development moving in a child. Uh, there's many forms of discipline that you could use that might stop behavior, but actually can be detrimental to your relationship and to a child's development. And so that's uh, hence the title. It's, a, it's a, such a great title. So there's three keys in particular. And the first one will seem quite common sense, I think, and obvious, but I think it's actually a lot harder to do. And that is we should try to work outside of incidents that are really heated now when a child when when a child is really stirred up with powerful emotions frustration you can see that turn into aggression you know they're anxious or alarmed and out come these big eruptions they can do a lot of they can have a lot of different types of behaviors you know stomping hitting breaking biting yelling screaming swearing whatever and some of them can be quite you know huge and alarming so our job in those moments is obviously to take care of and find a way through that impasse, trying to do no harm to our relationship, but leading nonetheless, and uh, preserving the child's dignity in ours. So how would that look? Oh, that could look a lot of different ways, but it's, uh, you could simply acknowledge you're stirred up, you're having a hard time, you're frustrated, I, you know, you're really mad, try to match the child, uh, your, your statement with the child where they're at and just simply acknowledge it don't add your emotions to it uh you know um, identify the child with their behavior like you're so mean you're so bad that is only going to make things worse it's going to flare up those emotions so the goal really in those moments that are particularly emotionally heated is to try to get out of them with everybody's dignity as much intact you're frustrated you hit your brother you can't allow that we're going to do something different i'm going to hold this you come here uh, you might let some, you know, screaming and hollering that just comes out of the child as, as long as everybody's okay. Just let that dissipate, you know, just let it come out. Don't try to force a child down a particular road. Sometimes we just need those eruptions. Um, and, and try to maintain 
you know, that there is expression here without a repercussion to your relationship. Try to communicate to the child that you can handle it and that you'll get through it. But don't try to control an out-of-control child. Uh, control the circumstances around them. So that's really key is when you're in the incident, remember that your best bet is going to be dealing with this incident outside of it. And so you're going to try to find a way through it and be patient that you'll have another day, time, reflection, whatever you need to come back and figure out what is going on. And and this is in particular to, you know, heated situations that can go sideways quickly where it's not hard for us to get frustrated at our emotions. Usually it's siblings fighting each other that is very hard for parents. It's two kids we we love and one is hurting the other and so it's very very difficult so yeah find a way through the impasse work outside the incidences you know we know that don't send that email if you're mad at someone wait 24 hours and read that email before you send it we know that in our adult relationships it's no different when you're working with someone who's less mature than an adult as well so hopefully that makes sense it's hard to do though everybody wants to teach in the moment Yes, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really oh. true. Now, now, when things do pass, how, how do we start to, to address it? Like when things have calmed down, when you've weathered the storm. Yeah. And, yeah. and probably chomping at the bit too as a parent, right? Like, okay, I've got something I need to address. Like I didn't, you know, what happened between my kids uh, mm-hmm. wasn't okay. And I do feel responsible or it's happened in front of other people. And you're feeling like I- I've got to be responsible, you know, as a parent, because this happened on a playground, this happened at school, this happened in front of the in-laws. And so there's that sense of I've got to deal with it. And in the moment, you can communicate, I'm going to deal with this later. But it's a good question. Well, what are we supposed to do later? Okay, we bought ourselves a little bit of time. Then the thing that we should be watching for is the second key and and not to proceed until we see that this is is present when things are really emotionally charged. We're waiting for the emotions to come down a bit. If you go in and poke a bear, that an angry bear, you're going to get a very different response than if you just poke a bear that's kind of chill. Uh, we want to uh, move in and test the waters to notice when the emotion is lowered. Now, the question is, is, well, what lowers the emotion? Well, some sort of ability to express that, some time for reflection. Um, it depends how old the child is, but most children would express their emotions through play. So play that allows a child that's, you know, not screen based, it's not necessarily even with their sibling, but something where they can ex- put the themes and the emotions that are, are stirring inside of them into the outside world. So frustration play might be building or smashing, cutting up things, changing the shape of things, um, uh, you know, anything that requires some sort of change to an object, clay or art materials, to wood, to, uh, you know, building a fort, whatever it is, you're changing the nature of something, which is essentially frustration in action. And that kind of play will actually help to dissipate the emotions that may be stirred up. If they're fighting, it's frustration for sure, right? So you want to move them to play if you can. It might involve you playing. It might involve, you know, if you think that your child is stirred up because they're tired or hungry or they need a break from each other, then you try to fix those things. But we don't proceed until the emotion is a little bit lower. Why? You know, because it is too provocative and you just get a flare up of the emotion again. It's like if as adults, we went and said, you know, we oftentimes will say to someone, is this a good time to talk about this? 
what are we really asking? Can, can you, you know, gather your thoughts and feelings about this? Can we have a verbal conversation? Is it there? Um, you know, you, you don't have to do this with a two-year-old, by the way. <laughs> I'm talking about a child that's, you know, maybe four, three, four, five, um, three would be really early, but, um, you know, you're just coming back around to say what happened, you know, and, uh, and that's the third thing that we'll get into is just how to deal with it. But yeah, you're waiting for those emotions to be lower. You're waiting, you know, to see, take the pulse of a child and to let things dissipate. The challenging thing is, is that sometimes when a child is really stirred up, you can go from temper tantrum to temper tantrum to temper tantrum to temper tantrum. And you realize you've got a really stirred up child uh, and you've got to try to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to draw this off? Or how am I going to reduce the separate, you know, the frustration that's driving it? Maybe a child's getting sick. I mean, I, I remember my kids just being really irritable and, and temper tantrum a day before they'd get sick. And the, day, the next day I'd be like, oh, they were not feeling well, but they didn't, they couldn't tell me that. I didn't know they had an upset tummy or whatever it was. So when emotion is low, lower, and, and you can just test the waters, you'll know pretty quickly if it's still high. <laughs> kids are pretty good. People are pretty good at letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned about the third key. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Third key would be really to, um, when we do proceed in having a conversation with a child or coming back around to an incident, it's to really be able to connect with them and to do it with in, inside the relationship. You really want to be, um, <clears throat> if you come to somebody and say, you know, can we talk? Well, sure. I don't know what you want to say. And you're like, okay, they're not with me. Anything I say is going to run into this sort of resistance and hostility. If you can't get a smile, a nod, that sense of warmth between you, then you know your conversation and whatever. They're not, they're not receptive. Like you need receptivity in the child. And so how we measure that is by being able to collect and get close to them, you know, and it could be about something else. I've got, you know, your, your dinner here. Oh, I'm not hungry. Okay, we don't have receptivity. Uh, you know, uh, I just wanted to come in and read a story. I don't feel like reading stories tonight, or what do you want? Or like, you get a sense of whether or not you're invited, but you want to be able to move to the child's side. You want to be able to feel a sense of connection. And um, maybe you don't bring it up right away. Maybe you wait till a little bit later on. Maybe you collect your child just to get them back because it was a pretty heated incident. Maybe you need to go to the park and play for a little bit. Maybe you need to go and do something different. And then, you know, 10 hours later, you could wait till the next day. Sometimes I waited till the next day for stuff, right? My, you know, <clears throat> uh, your siblings, excuse me, your sibling's birthday party. It's got to be one of the worst days of your life to watch your sibling have a birthday party, right? So, you know, five o'clock, they're losing their mind. They've done, you know, great trying to hold it all in. And then they lose, you know, they have they're frustrated, they have a temper tantrum, you know, it's all about the other sibling. And so anyway, are you going to have a conversation at seven o'clock at night after a huge birthday party cake? Uh, no, you're going to wait probably till the next day. Uh, can you connect your with your child in the morning and you know, you warm things up and you get some play going. And then you might, you know, come to their side and say, hey, listen, you're really frustrated yesterday. And you go with the more difficult or problematic emotion first. This is really important. And don't go in with a lecture, don't go in with problem solving. It seemed like it was a really difficult day yesterday. You know, you were really frustrated by six. I'm guessing you were, you were kind of tired. Is that true? Yeah, I see. Okay. And, and was it a hard day because you're, 
you know, your sister had a birthday, you know, it was, yeah, it's all about her. She got the cake and the presents and then she didn't want to share the presents with me and it's not fair. And, and you, you see all of this, but that's good. It's coming out now. Avoid the temptation to teach a lesson. Well, that's not right. That's not sharing. Be a good brother. No, it's about their emotions. They're telling you this was a hard day right if we come to any of our friends and we say we had a hard day and they start teaching us how we should have had a better day that's the last time you're going to talk to that person about your day what you hear is it's your fault for having a bad day now part of that might be true but what kids need are people who can walk alongside those emotions and say yes yeah, some days are going to be hard that was difficult um yeah and you tried hard you know to make it a better day for her during the day and but sometimes we get jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, well, it won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, how would I do with this jealousy? And they might not ask you that, but you say, you know, when I feel jealous, I remember this exact conversation with one of my daughters. She's like, yeah, I'm jealous. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I get that. You know, I say to dad, you know, when my friend tells me they're going to Hawaii for March break, I'm thinking, I always say to them, I'm happy for you. And I am, I'm always happy when anybody I know gets to go to Hawaii. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> good for you like oh it's a, <laughs> one of the most beautiful places on earth for me anyway and uh so i'm always happy when people go to hawaii i'm just really unhappy when it's not me <laughs> and, and so i said to my daughter you know oh when my friends say to me i'm going to hawaii i'm like yeah that's great oh wonderful have a good time send back a picture but then i go home i'm like to daddy daddy can we go to hawaii and he's like no we can't go to Hawaii. i'm like oh, I'm, just, I'm just and i'm jealous she's like yeah that's what i am yeah, well, sometimes we can be happy for others and sad for ourselves, And both of those things can be true. And see, that's, that's where we get with being more responsible uh, around our emotions is we hold more than one emotion at a time. And, and so five to seven year olds, if brain development's unfolding well, they can start to do that. So, you know, yes, you can be frustrated. Did you also have your caring? Yes, you were scared, but you still wanted to do it. That's what gives rise to courage. So when you're going back in, especially if you have a child who can do more than one emotion, you're going with the dominant emotion. Yeah, you're frustrated, you're sad. And then you're trying to touch the antidote as they can. You know, school's awful. School's terrible. I remember listening to my daughter for an hour. It's how awful school was. She had to go back. It was January after Christmas break. I hate school. It's so horrible. I don't want to go back. I don't know if she's grade two or three. It really wasn't that bad. But for her, it was bad, right? It was the end of the world. It was the end of Christmas break. Of course it was. So I remember listening to her for an hour. Oh, school's horrible. I'm like, I know it's so hard. Yeah. And you don't like that either. And yeah, you got to get up early and oh yeah, you got to put on those clothes and it's cold outside. And we went through the litany of things that are just awful about having to go to school. And then after an hour, I kid you not, I was actually doing an experiment to see if it would switch. She could find the other side. So after an hour, she said, but mom, you haven't asked me about anything good about school. Oh, wow. <laughs> Drained it. Took an hour and everything. And I was just like, come alongside, come alongside. I'm going, I can't say this and not do this myself. So yeah, an hour. It felt like eternity. And then she said, no, you haven't asked me what's good about school. And I could just feel the lift. I could feel like we did drained everything out. And then her brain was seeking for the other side. But I really would miss my friends. And my teacher's really nice. And I wonder what we're going to do. And that point it was like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like I'll go get daddy I think he really wants to hear all this and I I just like I gotta go to bed <laughs> I was tired I'm like <laughs> I've done the hardest part this good I can take a break but that's what we're trying to do when we come back inside the relationship 
if you are able to do this with your child and you get to that part and you can have those conversations, you will be disabused of any notion that you have to punish, shame, consequence, time out to get the maturity that you want. When that child internally is moving in a different direction, thinking a little bit differently, has some perspective, wants to do and follow what you're, you're offering as ter- in terms of ways to look at this and think, then you will realize that the power to grow a child up comes from relationship. Discipline never made a child any more mature. No. It doesn't fix problems either. So that's, mm-hmm. those are the three keys. Outside of the incidences, in, you know, when emotions are lower and inside your relationship. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you something, Deborah, because um, I hear this a lot. Okay, this is XYZ is happening. Mom is not happy with the behavior or anything else. No more iPad for a week. Your phone is gone. You know, mm-hmm. I feel people are disciplining a lot with technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are your takes on that? Well, I mean, it's just a quick form of getting compliance, right? And yes, short term. Short term compliance. And so um, for the parent, it probably solves a problem that they're having with the, the children's behavior in terms of needing a, a quick resolution. The question then is, is, well, what's the developmental cost? What's the relational cost? Yes, of course, it works, but it works for the short term, has cost to it, and the child's still frustrated. So I can guarantee you someone's going to get that frustration down the road. It could be either um, behavior online, it could be behavior to appear, it could be their sibling um, and uh, or to, you know, a dog or cat or whatever. The frustration will still come out. Um, and and maybe it'll come out and play and, and be dis, you know disabused that way or discharged that way. But the question that we need to ask is, okay, that's when a parent feels most out of control needs a fast solution, right? What's the cost to relationship? You're an adversary. You take away things that are important to a child when you feel frustrated. So it's your frustration really we take care of at that point, really what we're doing. Um, and you communicate to the child, you're too big, you're too much, you're too difficult. I don't have time to listen. I don't, I don't know what the child's going to hear, but these might be some of the messages. I'm too difficult. You don't have time for this. You don't understand me. Um, you're an adversary. You, you look and see what I'm interested in and you take that away. So now instead of the child being a little bit frustrated, now they're really frustrated because their adult is the source of the frustration as well on top of that. Um, developmentally, what we know is that frustration needs to be moved through we can't stay in those states we need to feel connected to our adults to feel safe so that we can feel our emotions so if we can't come alongside those emotions then you can't expect your child necessarily to come to you with all their emotions talk to you um tell you what's going on it's not like you get to cherry pick which ones you know like a a child feels safe with you to express or not and and what we know and this is the deepest cut and the biggest issue why we wouldn't do this is that developmentally you can't grow up unless you can feel vulnerable feelings Mm. and the reason why attachment is so important is because attachment takes care of the heart the child's heart if the child's heart is safe with you and they can feel the vulnerable feelings they can grow brain development is all predicated on the emotional center in the brain if that emotional center of the brain can't move isn't fluid can't get to the vulnerability can't get to the expression because the attachment or things are in jeopardy then we can get developmental stuckness where you can actually get a four-year-old 
who doesn't mature. You can get, this is, you know, trauma is basically this problem where the overload of emotions thwarts development. And so your body may march on and grow, but your emotional system and your psychological development is, um, is slowed down or, or stuck altogether. Now, is that going to happen just once that you say you can't have an iPad? I, I wouldn't go and say that, but what it communicates to a child is how you're going to take care of them and who you are to them. That's the issue. Um, and so I don't think parents think at that level. We've never really had to, but um, we've never had, we never had people telling us how to discipline our children that was separate from culture and the ways that were passed on from matriarchs and how we take took care of our kids. But you had a whole bunch of you know, men that came in essentially and said, this is how you should take care of your children. Don't hold them when they cry. Don't pay attention to them. Don't sleep with them. Don't breastfeed them, ferberize them and all this kind of crazy stuff. We have had more than enough advice along this behavioral lens, consequence, timeouts, threats, punishments, and timeouts have been recalled. If we had such a thing had been recalled by the uh, pediatric associations in both in Canada, for sure. Um, they've recalled them, uh, ferberizing and sleep stuff has been recalled. So the problem is that we follow blind sages and we don't think a little bit more about the costs. Mm, beautiful. So I do see like the key is to revisit those emotion in a lower intensity and ask for permission or seek for permission and follow your, follow your, your gut as a mom, right? Yeah. I think parents think if I don't jump on this right away, I'm not being responsible as a parent. Mm. And yeah, I can see, I can see myself. I don't know you guys, ladies, you know, you, we want to fix it, right? We want to be there. What's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause we, I right. think sometimes I have the magic words, right? Like I can say something, it's all going to be like, mm -hmm. no, uh, if you, if you want a peaceful existence that way, don't have children. Um, they're messy. They're loud. <laughs> um, they are anything but uh calm inducing um they are not yoga they are you know they are not meditation they are loud messy joyful vibrant vital expressive every emotion under the sun they are life they are beautiful they are a gift it's when we stop seeing them as a gift that we get into trouble and when we stop trusting ourselves as parents that we get into trouble. Beautiful, beautiful. Yay. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Deborah, for joining us today. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. You're so amazing to listen to. I, I learned, I don't know you guys, ladies, what you think, but I'm learning so much when I talk with Deborah and uh, I could, I could go for coffee with you anytime. <laughs> it's, it's mutual. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So to reach us or to view all our available episodes, please visit our website at mom-talk.ca or visit the Mom Talk YouTube channel or all the other podcast platform. The Mom Talk show previously called Parent Talk Podcast and Les Parents Parle Balado is a bilingual show. So check out our great content in both English and French. If you're an expert and in the parenting world, please visit the contact us section on our website at momtalk.ca. Maybe you want to join us on a show. 
So Mom Talk would like to thank our generous sponsors, the Tri-Cities Community Television and La Société Francophone de Maillardville. If you know a mom who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with her. Spread the love. We want this message to go further than just between the four of us here. So always remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. See you soon for another great episode. From Becca, Heather and Genevieve, thank you for joining us. Bye.